Hello and welcome to another edition of Bertie and Paul's podcast. Uh, Bertie is so inundated with uh, work at the moment. He's basically building Scotland and he got himself a, a dog. So he's he's all over the place. So I I was dying to talk about uh, the Rangers game and the games of it all, and obviously the topic with Neil Lennon. So I drafted in young Stephen. Hi Stephen, how are you getting on? Good evening, everyone. Very well, thank you. Um, and yourself? Yeah, good. Yeah, great day. Great day today. With the t- the, the weather in Dublin's fantastic. With uh, the wee man was out playing football again tonight, which was great. He's he's getting there. He's, he's beginning to. Uh, uh, begin to play a bit better, and he's he's just he's always been pretty physical on a football pitch, but he's actually getting there. And uh, yeah, your lovely day today. Get my steps in, get a wee bit of work. So just keep it keep keep myself positive yourself. I was going to say so. It's 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 the October week down here, but um, I struggle because everyone calls it half term. And what is it called? Half term in Dublin as well. Yeah, I think so. The the the. the yeah, the kids are off. The girls are horse riding, and Josh is not too bothered nice. about it, so they're out horse riding. And then uh, we are, and yes, yeah, Rachel took some time off work as well, which is fantastic. And we're in lockdown here, so there's nothing really. There's things open, but it's just yeah. it seems a bit quieter. So we lock it down. So yeah, like but, it's just. So I was good, but do you still call it October week? Like, say, if you said to yeah, parents, I would say if. Aye, but what did so? I, I said to some parents, um, obviously I'm down south here in the, in the capital, and I've said so. Well, I've said to them, well, it is. I've said to them, so what's your plans for the October week? Mm-hmm. And they just, I just get a blank, expressionless look, you know, from them, and they don't even say, you know, they can't even child, correlate child, it to the fact Steve. it's half term. No, it's, it's half term. <laughs> And it's like no, it's October. So anyway, one day we'll convert them over. But do, you, do, do they? Did Irish get it? If you said October week, they I don't would. No, I don't really. Well, we're not allowed to talk to anybody anymore. Like once you get the car, you've got to be masked up, and mm. so I can't do my usual set of jokes and stuff. And the lollipop lady still waves to me, but I mean that's as good as it gets. I thought she, she'd be on the furlough, no? If the... <laughs> no, she she can't. You can't like kids cross the road. <laughs> the lollipop lady's on the furlough. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez, the furlough The never never, never never land Well I, I was actually talking about the furloughs I was in the London Wetland Centre Today with the kids mm-hmm. And uh, the guy, so we went into the restaurant And there was a guy there Who, he was the educational Trainer, so he used to t- He takes groups and they look at all the different Birds and things like that And his job, that was his first day back from the furlough And his job was basically to make sure Everyone in the line stayed two metres apart and then they followed you know he's handing out menus and everything so and my heart went out to the guy he'd been furloughed since March and that yeah. was his first day back today so you know it's it's uh, it's hard going you know and, and that's not his job you know but he, was, he did very well so what's the wetlands then what, what is a what's a it's, it's a good question yeah I should I should know a lot more than what I did how do I do I just it was basically chasing the kids around and um, no it was great there's loads of like birds and ducks and you've got all the kids running about and then you've got the but the, the thing is it's there's a guy so obviously you know i i, I attend church and they, they, there was a guy who's one of the you know i don't know you call it a church elder and uh really like him really good guy you know he's retired now and and um one of the my previous visits to the wetland center uh 
I was there with the family, all the kids that run about. And I, and I bump into him. I was like, Stuart, how are you? And he sort of looks at me quite sheepishly. And and he's like, yeah, fine. But he, he's full clobber on, like he's full bird watching, you know. Yeah, we're all closing. <laughs> he yeah. was like, bang up for it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was fine. I was fine with it. He didn't feel too sort of comfortable with it. But um, so you've got that mixture of balance of the kids there, and then you've also got the serious, bird uh, yeah, bird watchers doing doing their stuff. Guys like Stuart. So if he's listening, hi Stuart. You know, it was really nice to bump into you. It's, um, it's coming back to the old days of me and you talking about birds, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> just whoosh, watching, whoosh. just watching them, just bird watching. So and that's all. Yeah, so we'll talk about what we, what the thing we've, the reason why we've not been on the podcast is yeah, one Bertie's very busy, and two, we we can't have Bertie on ranting and raving about Neil Lennon because, well, first of all, Dan Devaney sent out a tweet to tell us all to get behind Neil Lennon, who's basically he just made us all really really guilty. So Dan sends out this tweet saying, right, everybody, we've got to rally around Neil and stuff for that and. I was like, Dan, you're just killing me here, you know what I mean? So, so Dan's made us all guilty conscience, and then, uh, yeah, we get behind Neil, and Neil sort of, don't know what he's doing. I love the quote, I love the quote all summer, was, uh, we've got to get Scottish football back for, 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 for mental illness, because there'll be so many people, they need football back, they need that sort of pinpoint in their lives, they need that stability. And then football comes back, and I feel I feel miserable. <laughs> I'm absolutely miserable. Can he listen to the radio? I mean, I mean, listening to Charlie Adam being smug in the radio is just a nightmare. And that's that, is that Neil Francis Lennon's fault, or I don't know, is it? But when you've got to listen to Charlie Adam saying, "Oh, it's just a blip. Neil's a great manager." He'll bounce back, and and then you know deep down Charlie's away from the microphone, gutting himself, laughing, and then you hear Morris Ross in the radio, and Morris <laughs> Ross is like, ah, he gives it, man for man, we are better than uh, Celtic, blah blah blah. Even though he's a Mullerwell uh, employee, but anyway, in the end of it, he says, oh. Rangers are the best team in Scotland, and he says it, and you're sitting there, and it just takes you back to that little boy living in the, the Protestant, the Protestant wetlands that you were in. And listening to this smug Rangers fans just smugging it up, and yet that was Morris Ross full blown this Sunday. But I think for for me, I mean, I think that's a very tabloid, you know. And I, I don't really, I mean, I, I, I sort of read it jokingly, you know, but I don't really, it doesn't have any impact on me whatsoever. Um, but but I, I then start to think that Rangers, um, you know, in, in the sort of corporate world, I think the past you've called us, you referred to us as corporate Steve, but in the corporate world, if you leave an organisation and, you know, there's sometimes terms in your contract that says that you can't pan the company, even though you really, really want to pan them, right. you've sort of signed an agreement to say, we can't pan them. Is that the same with the ex-Rangers players? Like, you know, is there something in their contract whereby they have to big up Rangers? It's just or is it just, just that sheer passion and, and the bitterness that they have against Celtic that they, they will always really just champion Rangers and like like charlatans like your, your Derek Johnson and then you know because what, what I'm sort of getting to is it a case of they've said right here they are there's a wee bit of a tax rebate and yeah. for that bit of cash you've got to 
be you know go on super scoreboard and annoy the hell out of all the Celtic fans and say things like I think Charlie Adams mentioned about the the dressing room on, I mean dressing room unrest and I think it was also cliche, was it a cliche bit, culture isn't it but it's so tabloid you know that's the thing and that's where in my opinion Neil Lennon's got to rise well, not not Neil Lennon Celtic manager per se has got to rise above that and actually laugh it off because. You know, it's like, I think the player, was it near, near Beaton? What's happening, Beaton, was the one that was apparently supposed to cause this dressing room. I mean, near Beaton, what's happening, Beaton looks just happy to be at the party. You know what I mean? He doesn't look the sort of guy that would cause dressing room unrest. But, but anyway. This is, but, but that's the thing. Once you have a, a team that's not like a tight unit. And also, like, at the moment, I mean, there is a world, there is a world alternate universe just now in nine months time where Neil Lennon stands in Hamden and says everybody was against us but my players I knew I had the best players and they pulled us through so there is that world where he sits in his fourth treble he brings 10 in a row to Celtic whatever that means and he brings uh, glory to everybody Lowell walks away and Lennon stands there and says everybody was against me and I pulled it through and there is a world Mm. There, it's just that it's just that it's it's very difficult to see at, at this present moment, and that's not been that's not been a selfish Celtic fan. That, that's not really been. It's just when you give somebody a job and a, a shower, yeah, you know, and then you see a guy like, like here's the story about Duffy. I live in Ireland, right? And Neil Martin was texting me about Duffy, and I was like, "Are we buying a centre forward?" I watch, I watch Ireland play football a lot for my sins, and I didn't even notice the guy. I didn't even notice the guy, and then mm. this guy turns around, turns up to Scotland, thinks he's Roy the Rovers, thinks he's better than he is because he played for Brighton, Celtic are a Champions League stroke UEFA Cup team. We play AC Milan. Did mm. you see Duffy against AC Milan? I mean, it's Bambi on ice. I mean, we, we play in a serious league against serious teams, and he turns up and he starts wandering about and stuff like that, thinking he's, thinking he's Franz Beckenbauer, and, and sorry, Shane, like, get with the programme. You're there to kick the ball, head it a lot, and boot it out the park. I mean, to me, it's interesting you mentioned the AC Milan game, because that was, a, I let Francesca watch the first half, so she came down, and she's recently started playing football, and it's, it's, it's great, you know, I, lo I love it. Um, she goes with the girls' football team, and, you know, she gets really stuck in, and as my dad says, she's tackled more in, in a single match than I ever tackled when I played. But that said, so Francesca's watching the game, the first half, of, of Celtic against AC Milan and Celtic are obviously in pot one so you know clear favourites of the group and she turns around and she says daddy Celtic are not very good at passing the ball are they and this is a, this is a girl that's only just played a couple of games and this is actually watching probably the longest she's ever watched football on, on the telly yeah. saying Celtic and I was like well yeah you're right but, but the thing is so I was thinking up sort of like the, the way to look at things, right? So I, I, for some reason, knitting is in my head for some reason. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. But it's like Brendan Rodgers was, Brendan Rogers and people before him were knitting a nice jumper, right? And it's lovely. It's got nice patterns. It's got a shape to it. It's looking nice. But Brendan leaves the, 
Brendan leaves it, your granny, your granny leaves the knitting, and then your kids come in, and they start off, and they kind of follow the pattern a wee bit, and then it just goes absolutely haywire. Yeah. And, and that's Celtic, we're a tight unit, tightly run, tightly communication. Nobody knew about transfers, nobody knew about dressing and gossip, except Curse Chris, uh, Boyd. And then nobody knew anything. And now we seem to have spun out of control. And, and, and that essentially means that you've got Morris Ross on the radio on a Sunday. Just, I mean, I was enraged, Morris Ross. I mean, he's so annoying. But actually, sometimes you're actually nodding your head thinking, I'm agreeing with Morris Ross. What, what is that's it they actually your, said? That's not good for your metal. He said, these guys don't understand 3-5-2. Rangers are the best players. I've got the best players on the pitch. They know what they're doing. They're well drilled. They're well shaped. And Celtic just, just didn't know what they were doing. But but the, pro, the problem with Scottish media just now is, is that Lennon gets away. with They don't mention Lennon in name. They don't mention Lennon. Lennon, like for instance, the the guys that by the by the minute podcast was there, and they're all saying yeah, okay, but they say yeah, Lennon's Lennon's here for the season, so that's it. Lennon will fix it. We're hoping Lennon will fix it, and I'm beginning to think, lads, lads, this isn't this is this is a slide. I mean, once you're on a slide as a football team, bringing in lesser lights and Duffy who couldn't get a game for Brighton so he shouldn't be playing for Celtic and also setting your team up like that two or three things that really annoy me we have apparently this is what they're saying Celtic have set themselves up on a system that gives Rangers problems we're, we're the biggest club in Scotland we're one of the biggest clubs in Britain we've got so much resources but we are now setting ourselves up against a Stevie G team to play mm. against them, and we can't even do that properly. That's that Celtic should have their own philosophy, their own work ethic, their own shape, and Rangers should be coming to play against us and trying to work out how to beat us, not the other way around. And four times we can't beat them. That's that's diabolical. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's interesting, some interesting points. I mean, I don't think I mean Brendan Rodgers was struggling a bit before he left. Don't don't, don't get us wrong, made a better shape. But the style of football wasn't particularly that that that, that good um, before he left. Neil Lennon, you know, came back to the getting appointed in the shower. I mean, Ma, I spoke to Martin Henry about it, and, and 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 we're a public limited company. You even although, say, you know, Peter Lolo wanted Neil Lennon, he still got to do due process and have an interview. You know, and um, do some sort of mock interview with people just to show that there's a process. He didn't even do that. So that was very unprofessional. And then, you know, it, it's it, even looking at his backroom staff, like John Kennedy, right? So sad what happened to him. I think it was a Romanian guy Stephen, injured yes, his knee. Let's just quit here. Stephen, Stephen's oh, a big, big fan of John no, Kennedy. No, I'm not. I've got nothing against John Kennedy per se. I just think the sympathy card has expired for John Kennedy now. And I think it's a point where if he's that good, it's time maybe, John, to move on, you know, it was, it, when you look at like Jock Steen, and that's an interesting one actually. The Jock Steen, Matt Busby, and uh, <laughs> Bill Shankly. I forgot his name there. That that documentary. That's going to be a, you, you really hope it's good, but you're also thinking I'm not too sure. Anyway, the, the John Kennedy now has to move on. Gavin Strachan is 
not going to attract the kind of player that Celtic need. As a pot one, you know, okay, we're pot one Europa. We should be in the Champions League, but we're not. not But we're pot one Europa. If I'm a pot one Europa kind of player, and I'm looking at the backroom staff, don't I wouldn't know who John Kennedy was, and I really Gavin Strachan. Your dad was Gordon Strachan. You know, is is it nepotism? Is is the word? The, 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 the other area that you, you sort of you, you touched on is the pundits and I'd love to I'd love to advise pundits the strategy because Neil Lennon's there for the kill right who has the ambition to take on Neil Lennon Michael Stewart he's got we all know that he had the big spat with Craig Levine and he doesn't like Craig Levine he doesn't work he plays for Celtic TV but but does Michael Stewart have that ambition to take on Neil Lennon Neil Lennon's ripe for the taking if you're a pundit You've got, and also Gordon Strachan, his son works in the club. He's not going to say anything. John Hartson played with Neil Lennon. Chris Sutton played with Neil Lennon. Chris you Collins. could, you could, you could blow these guys out of the water if you had the ambition to take an old firm manager's scalp. And so far, Michael Stewart hasn't hasn't done that. And you're you're you're, you're Northern Irish guy. Who's the guy again? In BBC, he's sort of a defending Lennon. Um, uh, the moment as well, so no one's really came out as you said, and, and but he's right for the taking if you were I a pundit. I mean, that, like, okay, but that's the, the point is that Lennon, Lennon's well liked, and Lennon has got a lot of people in the media, and that's and that's a good thing for Lennon. Yeah. The point, the point is, and the point is that that the other thing is this ten in a row piece means that to turn, to make a change now, since we've been bedded in this 10 in a row it's actually now becoming a blanket for everything so you blanket over and say right we're just going to have to have Neil Lennon till they're 10 in a row and then we can start with Lowell and a big clean sweep but that that in itself the 10 in a row is a made up concept that in itself is pushing us back because in an ordinary time we could have made a decision in the summer time or between Covid time or we could have made another decision but if you go for that, somebody, if you go for somebody that's is a safe pair of hands, etc., but has got a, a history of things unraveling, like Bolton unravels, Hibs unravels, then 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 fifteen, sixteen months into it, and if it is unraveling, now, I want Celtic to win the league. I want Celtic to do well in Europe. I want Celtic to do well in Europe every year. I want Celtic to do well in the league every year. But I want them to play a good style of football. Now. Do you write a, a year off because of 10 in a row and lose 10 in a row and look back and think, why did we write that year off? Or does Lennon get his 10 in a row and then we start again? I mean, that's that's a big gamble for something, a made-up concept. I mean, Cel- Celtic now are not following their structure. Like, like for instance, I mean, I took a bit of slack about that, but Edward wanted to go, Christie wanted to go, Ayer wanted to go. And then they're all like, oh, Ayer played his best game against AC Milan. Of course he did. Like, he, he wants to leave the club. Our club is a selling club. But that only works if you've got the structure to replace those players. So now, with Lennon in charge and Gavin Strachan and the other guy in the transfer market, they're, they're not following the ethos that's got us 10 in a row, which is every year you sell your players, you get your money in. We seem to do we seem to have diluted our value of the team and we're diluting it even further now. Plus, we are we are not going forward. So now, Christy, 
and Edward has taken three weeks off COVID, maybe yes, maybe yes, but it isn't, but it gives you that level of doubt. It happened with Loudrop, it happened with uh, Richard Goff playing for ten for the ten in a row and he just wasn't there anymore, he'd finished. I think we're now, we're now Mark giving, Haley there as well. They, they oh, bring... brought him back for a few. And then your Mark Haley came back for a, a famous uh, Celtic Rangers game and he stood in somebody around where the referee just looked at him. But the, the point was that, the point is now that Celtic are on a slide, every fan in the country can see it. We, we, everybody wants to get behind Neil Lennon. But at the moment, he, like, like Bertie was talking about it. Bertie's talking about like, oh, we'll just send... Tom Rodgick on against Rangers because he usually does well against them. Tom Rodgick usually does well against Aberdeen. Surprise, surprise. Rodgick's playing against Aberdeen. He's not played at all. Mm. Then you're sitting with... You're sitting with... Uh, you're sitting with Johnny Hayes. It goes to... Johnny Hayes. So you hear like interviews like Scott Sinclair saying Johnny Hayes was the best guy in the changing room. Like, why not keep Johnny Hayes for a year? Just to, just to, just to get these types of players... I mean, you were watching your man last night playing for, uh, for Mitterrand, whatever her name was. Shevchenko, yeah, yeah. he was captain. It. We've got Brilliant. we've got another defender now that's uh, sitting you know, free. We let him go, but then we bring in Duffy. It just seems like it slowly and surely the decision making in the club is beginning to slide us away. So we lose ten in a row. How hard that? Like winning ten in a row. How good is that going to be? Hmm, ish. Losing ten in a row. I mean, I can't deal. I mean, I'm struggling to deal with Maurice Ross sitting, giving it the big, the big man chat on a Sunday. What's it going to be like if Rangers actually win the league? And like, like everybody likes as, as I said, I mean, that's um, but that's tabloid. So a Celtic manager should be able. It is tabloid. Maurice Ross, Charlie Adams, Chris Commons, Chris Boyd. But the, the 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 tabloid king of them all, who's a season season professional tabloid um, pundit, is Char- Charlie Nicholas. The Charlie Nicholas digs get me right. I don't, I don't know why, but I could you know water off a duck's back for the rest of them. But when Chick Nick comes up and has his wee dig, which he does every couple of months, it seems to he gets such a an, an issue with Celtic, like what is the deal with Chick Nick? We didn't look after him, we didn't look after we Arsenal, look after our ex players, and Chick Nick doesn't get looked after. No, it gets me, no, no, it gets me. Like you're sitting watching the game, which I paid a tenner for, and Andy Walker and Ali McCoy, and Shane Duffy puts the ball out, and then Ali McCoy, Ali McCoy says, what, what, what are they doing? What are they doing? And I'm just like, my heart's. My heart's breaking on the couch. I'm like, what are they doing, Ali? You know what I mean? Like, what's going on here? Why are Celtic so inept? Like, what, what is going on? I mean, talking about McCoy, he's got a new lease of life at the minute. I mean, he's just a happy he guy. He's not actually saying anything. He's just happy. Like, before in the seasons, he had that puffy face. But it, the puffy face is gone now. He's just a very, very happy, contented um, sort of guy that just doesn't really talk. He just stands there and smiles and, you know, has a, has a, has a, has a laugh. So I want um, to talk about, the other thing I want to talk about is this thing that everybody talks about and I just want to discuss it, like, properly. Right, so we've got, we've got a year-long testimonial happening, but the guy's actually playing. So Scott Brown's playing, right? And he's, he's, he's nearly as old as me, 
he's playing, he's a Celtic legend, etc, 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 but he's still playing and he's he's struggling. So Lennon now, I mean, whoever heard of Scott, somebody like Scott Brown come on in the last 20 minutes of the game to change the game? I mean, like, what is it? Come on with extra shouts. Oh, you're Scott Brown. Come on after 20 minutes to go. And he's like, come on, lads. Like, anyway, that's just nonsensical. But Scott Brown now is playing testimonial football. He's tired. That's fine. Right, good. That needs to be managed. But this other thing about Callum McGregor can't play his best fu- football because he always has to keep an eye on Scott Brown. Like, you think about that. Like, mm. think about that concept. Callum McGregor set out to play in a system, should be a system. So he's playing in a system, right? All he has to do is deal with his system. So if he's playing left side or he's playing middle of the park or he's playing wherever he's playing, he does his job. It's up to Scott Brown to do his job. Now, Callum McGregor's basically devaluing himself by apparently watching Scott Brown. I understand that Scott done a lot for him when he was younger, but he's basically now, he's devaluing himself for the club. He's not getting forward, he's not scoring off goals. He's, he's doing crazy tackles in the box. Kieran Tierney got a great move to, Aston, to Arsenal. He didn't get the move in the back of covering Scott Brown. I mean, like Scott Brown, if he's playing that position, play him in that position. We can't have Callum McGregor cu- covering for him. Like... No, completely. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like nobody covers for nobody cover for Paul McStay who's finishing. Nobody cover for Granny. You never heard it. You never heard that. So a chat. Oh, we've got to cover for Paul McStay. Like you live and die the football field by yourself. And Scott Brown, if he's not up to it or he's not being managed properly, that's fine. But we can't have like players covering for him. Like, like there's this chain reaction. This here, Scott Brown's covering for him. He's still covering for Duffy, and now we've got Fimpon. And Finpron's trying to cover for everybody by doing Superman runs all the time. You're like, guys, this mm. is, as you say, pot one, but a pot one team. You shouldn't be playing that sort of, that, this is just schoolboy stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the McGregor goal that he scored against Aberdeen, I think he should be scoring that in almost every, oh, let, uh, yeah, I'll say it, every single SPL game that he plays in. That he's goal so he scores, he's, he's, so he's amazing at it. at it. But he should be scoring that in every... If he doesn't score it, he should be like hitting the post or something. He's technically so gifted at that. But I think with McGregor, sort of a, with, with Tierney as well, he's just a very, very tired individual who's been overplayed. And Celtic have either been... I mean, I, I think Brendan Rodgers, there was something dodgy going on with, with injections at that time in the club, which he should be held accountable for at some stage. And, um, you know, it's completely out of order the way they've, 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 they've ran these guys ragged into the ground and then almost celebrated it to say, oh, you know, Tierney out of Europe's played the most for Celtic, so has McGregor. Nice. And you're like, no, that's nothing to, 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 to shout and, you know, and, and, and sort of a pat yourself on the back about. Um, no, I think, look, you've got to have a strong-minded manager. If Neil Lennon's not good enough to manage Scott Brown and, uh, you know, in the ways that, you know, Stephen Gerrard was the big guy and Brendan Rodgers rightfully sort of managed him quite well in Liverpool. Um, Neil Lennon's got to, got to do it. I don't have a a sort of an opinion one way or the other with Neil Lennon. I just think it's going to be interesting how things pan out. You know, I don't see the direction that we're going in in terms of the style. I get disappointed when I look at teams like at, at Atlanta, the Italian outfit, who now are a Champions League mob. 
other teams that seem to just get it together and get this direction and stick to it. We, we just, oh, goodness sake, Leeds United played some fantastic football. Patrick, Sheffield United Patrick played Bamford, great football. Patrick Bamford was this guy that left Chelsea and just went for a walk. And that mm. suddenly he's got a really, really good manager and suddenly he's scored one of the best goals ever. Like, what? That left foot goal. Not on the other side of the goals. He's scoring, he's putting it, he's dipping it in the in the wrong side of the goals for a left foot player. The movement he gets in that ball is sensational. And he's just a player who he's just a player that's just got a good manager and now yeah. like we look at to... Everton. Look at I mean Everton were a club that didn't have a direction. And now they're they're getting it together. I know that they've obviously they're on a different budget to ourselves. One of the areas that, that Celtic disappoint me hugely, I think overall the level of professionalism's pretty poor. Fitness. Like one of the comments Lennon made was um Ryan Christie, he wasn't fit enough to start the game against AC Milan. And you're like, Well, so does that mean that the tempo of the game that starts quicker than what it is when he comes on in the second half? I couldn't understand that. And maybe someone with a more footballing mind than myself could understand or ex- explain to me why he wasn't fit enough to start, but he was fit enough to come on. It didn't make any sense. Man, Eddie as well looks... Turnbull? Looks... Like, Turnbull, is he fit? Like, <laughs> when we laugh about it every week, it's like... He was fit enough to play all the games of Motherwell. I know he had his knee issue, but hopefully that's all resolved. Sorrow. Yeah. I mean, that's continual nonsense, is sorrow. And then we've got the Lee Griffiths thing, which, like, if Lee Griffiths, if Lee Griffiths can't be fit, sorrow must be fit, but he just sits on the bench all day. I mean, let's, let's see him. I mean, have you seen David Hanna more than we've seen sorrow? <laughs> I used to, I used to quite, quite like David Hanna. I, I, look, Griffith's goal against Aberdeen was good. I thought he did all right against AC Milan. I didn't think, I think, is it Welsh as well? That that was the annoying thing. So Welsh, Gordon Strachan was calling him Walsh and just singled him out as the player that was, you know, that was useless. Neil Lennon subbed him as well as he subbed Griffiths as well. And, and I mean, for for... You know, if there's issues or unrest in the dressing room, that sort of uh, action's not going to going to help. And I think I think there is there, there there are some. I mean, the you know, when I mean the practicalities. When does a dressing room become it's unrestful? I know, nonsense. but it's a funny. We look at drill down on it, right? So so it, when's a tipping point from a dressing room to become unrestful? It's, and and that's what, 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 what does it look like? What does an under, unrestful Aberdeen. dressing room look Aberdeen. like? Aberdeen, Aberdeen, putting you at the Scottish Cup. That's what it looks like. <laughs> But is it just they always fight or they always I don't know, like someone's always misbehaving when the manager reads the team sheets out. Um or leaks leaks the team sheets. Well that was that lady, was it Maureen? It was maybe she's she's come back and But um, the, the other question that continues to go around and one that is the most annoying thing is who would you pick if it wasn't Neil Lennon? So that just drives me nuts. Like well I would have an, I would have an interview process, right? It's a public limited company. So I would what I would do is I would have a job description. Right. It's I'd say clubs like Atlanta. Yeah. I'd say clubs, the German clubs, the Dutch clubs, right. like Ajax, who we were humping and, and now they're amazing, but yet we can never get amazing. We just stagnate. I would have a job description and I would then advertise that job publicly to people I mean that's what we do well Malcolm Mackay's welcome to to submit his application I would say no because I've, I've met him 
you know, I've met him a couple of times, Malky McKay, and, and Malky McKay said, has <laughs> Chunks, Chunks ever come on this? Our younger no, brother, he's, Martin. He's no, he's not yet. He's old day, Mar- old Martin came out with the best thing. So Malky McKay said, oh, when I took the job with Scotland with the under-8s or whatever, you know, I, I was going to travel around to all the clubs in Scotland, just have a cup of tea, you know, have a cup of tea and meet them. So Malky it's, someone asked how many clubs had you been there or something. He's like, I've been about 40% of them. And then Martin's like, he's been in the job for about over two years. He's only been at 40%. Like, anyway, the, the guy's just, yeah, he's welcome to apply. You know, I wouldn't give him, wouldn't even consider him for the first round. I would have different rounds. And then whoever was the, the, the standout candidate would get the job. Probably a German, as you sent on that link earlier. You know, so someone that's... with a bit of ilk, you know. Let's talk about this. So they keep talking about everybody keeps talking about Sue, so would you get as a manager? Right. So I went, right, fine. Like I think Mikey Dow sent it to me one day and I text message, I mean, who would you get as a manager? And I just threw my phone down and went for a walk, kicked the cat, kicked the neighbour, ran around. <laughs> it's such a infuriating question. Cause you're like, Well, I don't have them on the top of my head. But swear to God, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, in fact, before we do, congratulations to Holy Goalie and Mikey Dow for their new, Lots their of babies, new, their new babies. That's fantastic. But the, the was that the, just news just coming in there, or is that something that... <laughs> that's happened? <laughs> Bre- breaking news, yeah. Breaking news on the ticker tape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, jeez. So you're one. Uh, so, so I just say, let's have a look and see what's happening. So one of the most successful places in the world now. Which isn't, <laughs> isn't uh, in Scotland's coaching beat. Remember Scotland's, uh, what was it called? Largs, whatever. Box. Anyway, the point is that Germany in 2004 decided to to rearrange their their coaching. So basically what happens is every year now in coaching, there's this, it's, it's in Cologne, it's a German old coach that gave his name to the centre. And basically in 2004, Three days of trials, 80 people come in, coaches from all over. It can be coaches from anybody that wants to be a coach, can be they get a 10 month programme and they whittle the 80 down to 24, 26, depending on what you talk about. And then they get a 10 month specialist coaching, right? Specialist coaching. And then you get layered. So basically, you get your number one, your number two, number three, number four, number five. So you get rated when you leave it. But basically, what you do is you get so much more coaching so the see the A license is 100 hours they're doing 400 hours plus they're doing tons of work and the top coaches just happen to be the coach of Liverpool just now just happens to be the coach of Germany just now just happens to be the coach of PSG just now so all these coaches are coming out of this this system are getting really good jobs top jobs so and also I was reading a click room there's actually got like a a, a, a English piece in it as well, so they've got to really get really fluid English speaking. But I was reading there because obviously I'm not going to do it, but I was trying to get better on it. But the fact is that the point is that these managers are being it's basically 26 managers every year complete this course. There's one guy now, and uh, 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 there's a guy now, I can never pronounce her name. There's one guy in Russia, with Sparta Moscow, like he's he's like 42 or something, he's pulling up trees. All the Bundesligas, all their managers now, have came from this, this academy in Cologne. Now, begs the question. Also, Southampton, have got a great manager just now. Mm. Reading, 
I've just brought a guy in that was Chicago. He's a Serbian manager, playing great football. Sheffield Sheffield United played really well against uh, uh, Liverpool at the weekend. Leeds United. So there are managers there. There's an actual academy in Germany that's producing... The Spanish academy is producing great managers as well. And now we're at a stage where they're like, well, just name a manager. We've actually got people creating managers for you. So if you go and get the fifth or the sixth or the seventh manager, surely they'll come to Scotland with one eye in the, the EPL. It doesn't need to be a household name. It's just a guy that's through these courses and knows their stuff. I mean, it's like Ronnie Dial and steroids. All these young coaches in Germany are pulling up trees. Yeah, we 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 always go back to well, better votes. We get better votes, and we get Ronnie Dial and all this. But actually, out in out in Europe just now, there's loads of good coaches. I mean, Blanc, you know the guy that uh, used to play for Man United. One, he's, yeah. he's still got a job. He's sitting with a job. Like he'd, he'd love to come and say like, like. Like they've got these guys out there that can have jobs and you've got, I mean, you're telling me the Southampton manager 10, 11 months ago, I mean, he's got that team ticking over at the moment and he's a good, good manager and they're saying that like, Man United should go and get somebody like him but they're, they're too snobby to go and get him. Maybe that would be a great stepping stone, Celtic. You know what I mean? These teams are playing really well. He's getting uh, the players playing really well. Armstrong's playing really well. Your guy up front for Southampton just now is playing amazing. Angles or whatever. I mean, he, he would you would be laughing if you signed for Celtic years ago. You need we need players, we need managers to improve our team. But it always makes me laugh even when I read about the Arsenal managers when they talk about Arsene Wenger coming in and they say that you know they they they, they used to have sugar in their tea and and they help. I mean, that just makes me. I just I just uh, they say it all the time. You know, like I used to eat chips and that, and then they wouldn't anymore. But the thing is, Arsene Wenger was a big smoker. He was like smoking, so you know, he's probably got Wenger, issues with his lungs. You know, it's funny. It's only Wenger. in France, not far away. But Wenger was. Uh... But then, so there's two things like the rugby, the rugby culture, the French French rugby culture is just like crazy, crazy coaches are just like just do what you like, and like yeah, compared the, the, to the, Ireland the... and England, it's like it's after an army. France are like good and express yourself and play in the pitch. Wenger apparently, like he's got a job with UEFA just now, however, with FIFA, but apparently he's addicted to football. Like he's not seen his daughter for like thirty years. He just like this actually with Shanks. Shanks Shanks finishes his career at Liverpool. Then he, him and his wife are gonna watch games at Rotherham. I mean they're not like well rounded individuals. They're just guys that just love addicted to football. I know, I, I, I mean yeah, it's uh, if we go for a continental approach. Yeah. No, <laughs> and I love continental football. I'm a big fan he's, of the continental approach. You know. those Dutch guys, Steve. Dutch <laughs> yeah, I just guys. like the freaky deaky Dutch way of thinking. You know, I always think we could unearth like a, another Pierre or, you know, someone in the sort of a second or third division there that can get them in. But, you know, they, they, they know how to pass the ball, so we'll be passing the ball. Um, well, the only issue we've got is that it's just in Scotland, this doesn't work. Like, it doesn't seem to work. Like, any foreign manager, it's really difficult. And it will remain so for the sort of parochial mindset of the Scottish. It is. You've got a young manager there. I'm, uh, I'm not going to do a Derek Johnson. <laughs> I, I really have got Derek Johnson to Rets, which I nearly need to stop. 
Callum Davison's mince, right? He's he's getting humped every week, and I know he's had a couple of good results recently, but St. Johnson are getting absolutely decimated, right? And no one has slagged them off yet, right? Because he's a good guy, you know? But they're all like, he's a great young. He'll he'll turn the tide, you know? He'll get the results, you know? I, I can't see that happening. Now, if that were a foreign manager, yeah, he'd be getting an abs- Well, the Kilmarnock guy. Exactly. <laughs> I can't remember his the, name. The Lucio Alessius. <laughs> Exit stage radio. He <laughs> got <laughs> absolutely panned even before he joined. Yeah, Are you, uh, the only way I think you know that a manager would work is if the media, you had like... Like you took out all the Scottish media, like your Morris Rossi, all your tabloid guys, and then brought in like external, like foreign media to come in and do super scoreboard and all sorts of stuff like that. And that wouldn't happen. So I think it'd be immensely difficult. Well, yeah, you know, and they would still they would still talk about it. Like they would like now, now you two thousand and twenty. I know it's not been a great year for many, but you know we'd we'd, we'd be reading about it in five years' time if a foreign manager came in, they'd be like, oh, in different ways, and you know he made us eat salad and that. And yeah, it's just I don't know. I think so talk, I would love it, but I think practically that, that yeah, it would so work. Just sort of two funny things or funny stories. Morris Ross when he was talking, Morris Ross. <clears throat> He talks as if he like he knows everything, and it turns out he played like 60, 70 games for Rangers, and then that's it. He didn't play again. Like he, and he talks as if he like he knows stuff. But anyway, talking about diets, Morris Ross's team, Mullerwell, and St. Marin pulled the plug under them, or St. Marin or Kilmarnock, St. Marin it was, pulled the plug under them, and, and Morris Ross said, There we were, eating a scrambled egg before the game. And I was like, What? That was in Duns and I had to like, had to hold the shelf. <laughs> what I mean? I was in Duns and I was like, Morris Ross is talking about being professional. All the boys are eating a scrambled egg before the game or waiting for the game. I'm like, what are they doing eating scrambled egg? <laughs> I mean, and I just, oh, it was so funny. But um, yeah, so it goes down with your uh, Ke- Kenny Miller and his breakfast. <laughs> Remember when his breakfast business means? <laughs> oh dear, that's right. There's another guy at Lee Wallace that spoke about the the lovely breakfast that you get at Rangers. Um, but one so, of the pundits that, that he's really Morris Ross is really impacted you, but I didn't know that. I would have called you like, to Morris Ross is another one of these guys, right? Morris yeah. Ross is like one of Chunksy's pals. All of Chunksy's pals, all of Martin's pals are thirty odds, and they all yeah. look older than me. So I looked up Morris Ross, and Morris Ross looks. Yeah, it's 50 help, years old. I know, it's like help the aged man. He's he looks, the easiest he, job in the world, you know what I mean? And then, so... Uh, but do you see John Barnes has, has chipped in as well? So John Barnes is yeah, rent, right. rent a mortgage. I know, right. So it's, it's a John, John Barnes. <laughs> now, he wasn't actually talking to the Daily Record, right? But he's waded into the, the Celtic debate. He was talking to bonus codes bets, Right, that great company. So he's the ambassador. If you look in the website, you see a big picture of John Barnes just with a sad expression. Right? And what he said, oh, it's just, it's just like. So John Barnes said that Celtic need to try and get out of this funk they are currently in, and it's like, all right, 
Okay, you know, I mean, if Barry was here, you know, if we do miss Barry on the podcast, well, look, I'm not on the podcast, I'm just here filling in, but Barry would be singing that song, Get the Funk Out of My Face. They need to try and get out of this funk that they're currently in. John Barnes, like, I actually watched his documentary, right, and I, I'm sort of torn, because I liked him as a player, I thought, you know, it's fantastic and everything, but I've just lost all respect for the guy ever since. He's <laughs> just... An absolute jam. He finished that documentary yeah. by trying to tout himself for a management job. You know, it's just so cheap. Like, you're like, yeah, just cheap. It's just anyway. that plastic bag, isn't it, all those years ago? Oh, and Kenny Dugleish as well. Obviously, King Kenny, fantastic, you know, great area. But he's selling stuff on Twitter. T-shirts. Is he? He's selling T-shirts on Twitter. I thought it was like a... A spam. I'm off Twitter. I'm off Twitter. I mean, no. Anyway, going, going to this this thing about Bill Shankly, Jock Steen, and Matt Butsby, it has to be good. I mean, it, I mean, it, it will be a present. Is it, is it a movie for my dad. Or is it a documentary? It's a documentary. I think it's from the same company that did like the Maradona one, and you know, good. It's it's. I mean, it has to be. It has to be good. But you just there's a little bit of doubt there that it, it might be yeah. pish, but. Hopefully it'll be good well, for my dad. Was, my dad's well up for it. Sorry, sorry, but it's. I just. I'm, I'm concerned. It worries me a wee bit. When you take on a project like that, you know, you have they taken on too much? Could they just have maybe done one on Jockstein, one in Bill Shankly, one in Matt Busby, doing it all three together? You know. Anyway, that's just thoughts that so, get in my head. So the last story, which I thought was a funny story, is uh, before we end the pod, is. Uh, I've got two people that won't, you can't name them, right? So just make sure just two people. Um, they became COVID stewards, right? Okay. So they became COVID stewards in a, in a, in a church. So you basically what you do is you've got to be a COVID steward. So you get before, down. Before you mentioned church, I was going to say COVID. It's not no one at Ibrooks because nobody COVID doesn't seem to impact any any Rangers players. Anyway, sorry. So COVID in the church. So there's COVID in the church, but I can't tell you who's doing who's the stewards. So COVID in the church, church, in the church. I can't tell you the church either because I'm not allowed to tell you. So it's a white hell. Right. So COVID in the church. There's COVID stewards. So the COVID stewards have to. They, they'd be a COVID steward and now you get into the church and of course guys can't sit where they used to sit. Like Benny Quigley sat there. Sat well, you can't name the church, you can't name the stewards, <laughs> but you can name Benny Quigley. Bye. <laughs> 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 Sorry, my, carry on. Continue that's my first that. mistake. So, <laughs> Benny's going to get you. You've got to get the people two metres away. But like, we, we, guy, we Tom from the, we Tammy from the, we Tammy. You took Tommy from the, now from Benny Craigley in disguise. From or... the old town, can't sit in his own position. Or like the guy from White Hill, Benny Craigley, can't he sit in his same position because of COVID? You've got to have a restriction, right? So that's why you get the COVID stewards. So these two people that can't be named are the COVID stewards, right? So I mean, this is a big job. This is a big, big job, Steve. I wouldn't like to steward Benny Craigley anyway. And then this boy comes in. He's electric wheelchair, right? Right, he's like they're trying to get the wheelchair. Electric wheelchairs are really heavy, and this boy presses the wrong button. His electric wheelchair, and just goes straight into the sacristy and runs over the two COVID stewards. Or... Well, the COVID stewards have got to get this guy out of the sacristy. It's not. He's really. got to go. He's he's got a to red, go that's see. a red card defence. So you've got the COVID stewards in there grabbing out the wheelchair guy. 
He's obviously, it's not his fault, it's the wheelchair's fault. And if you've not heard the, the size of that type of wheelchair, Stephen, the world's changed, I mean. The boy in the wheelchair of all the times to take yourself out of the sacristy with those two COVID stewards. That's, um, yeah. You want to get a golden ticket for the old chap, you know what I mean? I'm just straight, straight to the confessional box. I, just for want him. Be a, I want to be a COVID steward. <laughs> anyway, well, thanks, Stephen. That's uh, there you go. We got 47 minutes out. It well done, well done, and uh, thanks for helping us because I was dying to talk about Morris Ross. To be honest, <laughs> I just wanted to talk about Morris Ross. I mean, uh, look, I, I think Chick Nick is more impactful. I just oh, don't know so what's annoying. going on there. Celtic, anyway. just sort the, your world out. Sort. Whoever you've mm. got to sort out so these guys don't talk down is just do it. Stop. Yeah, but that's tabloid. I think a Celtic as I said, it's not, but it is though. A Celtic manager should laugh at this. Look, Jerry McNee, Jerry McNee in today's climate would take the scalp of Neil Lennon. Like he would go after Neil Lennon. But at least that's a now, bit more education. Yeah, you know I mean? But these guys aren't that sort of a, you know, that of that ilk. You know, and I didn't really like Jeremy McNeil, I don't know why I'm sort of saying that, but, so, you know, it's a, if, if I was a Celtic manager and Morris Ross was saying stuff, I would just laugh. If someone asked me the question, oh, what do you think about Morris Ross saying stuff? I'd be like, who's that? I'm not, you know. Well, you so know. Let's just finish this, but what happens if Dan Devaney sends out a tweet saying... Well, that's different. I mean, and, and you didn't, really, you didn't elaborate on that. Well, you didn't elaborate on that, and so I didn't mention it. Dan Devaney, that's a different... He's giving me a big guilty no. conscience, you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, Stephen. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on here. Thanks, I don't Paul, know. Thanks I think there's a thing that we're trying to work out how many accents you did in the, the, the podcast. I think you've probably done about seven Scottish accents through there. So that's, that's pretty good. That's a new record. And uh, hopefully, Betty will come back. You can come back as well next week. Oh, can I? Oh, cheers. John, I thank John, you. Once John wants to do the, the Celtic. Get him on there, eh? He wants to come on as well. So I appreciate it. And hopefully next week will be, be nicer and we've, we've sorted it. Anyway, thank you very much, Stephen. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to the Bertie and Paul podcast. Have a good evening. Thank you. Bye-bye.